European House Journal Issue at a Glance, Volume 39, Issue 10, Focus Issue on Heart Failure, by Editor-in-Chief Professor Thomas Lucia. Novel Insights in HFPEF, Cardiomyopathies, and Myocarditis. Heart failure is a clinical syndrome with many causes and presentations. One way of looking at it is the pump function of the heart. As outlined in the Year in Cardiology 2017 Heart Failure, authored by Lars H. Lund and colleagues from the Karolinska Institute in Stockholm, Sweden, the 2016 ESC Heart Failure Guidelines distinguish heart failure with a reduced ejection fraction below 40%, or HFREF, those with mid-range ejection fraction between 40 to 49%, HFMREF, and those with preserved ejection fraction of 50% or higher, or HFPEF. Although the limit of 40% as such is artificial and introduced by trialists to assure a proper event rate, the introduction of HFMREF has led to investigations on this neglected patient population. Indeed, a sub-analysis of TopCat suggests that HFMREF is essentially an early stage of HFREF and not a clinical entity of its own. Furthermore, the authors summarise recent data on the implementation and utilisation of existing proven therapy in HFREF, additional neutral trials in heart failure with preserved ejection fraction, but a more detailed characterization of its potential mechanisms. The latter aspects are reported in detail in a research manuscript entitled Coronary Microvascular Dysfunction and Future Risk of Heart Failure with Preserved Ejection Fraction by Viviani R. Tocchetti and colleagues from the Brigham and Women's Hospital in Boston, USA. The authors followed 201 patients undergoing myocardial perfusion positron emission tomography, serum troponin, and transthoracic echocardiography who did not have flow-limiting coronary artery disease or reduced left ventricular ejection fraction over four years. Interestingly, patients with impaired coronary flow reserve demonstrated worsening diastolic function. Furthermore, detectable troponin was associated with diastolic dysfunction only in the presence of impaired coronary flow reserve. In adjusted analyses, Impaired coronary flow reserve was independently associated with diastolic dysfunction and composite cardiovascular outcomes, or HFPEF. Patients with both impaired coronary flow reserve and diastolic dysfunction demonstrated more than five-fold increased risk of hospitalization for HFPEF. The concept of microvascular dysfunction as a potential cause of diastolic dysfunction and HFPEF is critically discussed in an editorial by Noel Barry Metz from Cedar Sinai Medical Center in Los Angeles, USA. Besides ischemic cardiomyopathy due to coronary artery disease and infarctions, dilated cardiomyopathies are a less common but important disease entity. Lamin A-C or LMNA mutations cause familial dilated cardiomyopathy with frequent conduction blocks and arrhythmias. In their article, 
Layman A slash C cardiomyopathy, young onset, high penetrance, and frequent need for heart transplantations, Christina Hermann Hauger and colleagues from the Oslo University Hospital in Norway explore the prevalence, cardiac penetrance, and expressivity of LMNA mutations among familial dilated cardiomyopathy. Of 561 unrelated familial dilated cardiomyopathy probands, 6% had an LMNA mutation. Asymptomatic LMNA genotype positive family members had a 9% annual incidence of newly documented cardiac phenotype and 61% cardiac penetrance during 4.4 years of follow-up. 10 had atrioventricular block, 7 atrial fibrillation slash flutter, and 12 non-sustained ventricular tachycardia. Heart transplantation was performed in 19% of the LMNA patients during 7.8 years of follow-up. Thus, LMNA mutations account for 1 in 16 patients with familial dilated cardiomyopathy in Norway, and nearly 1 in 5 required heart transplantation. These novel results are put into clinical context in an editorial by Sabine Pankovit from the Philips University Marburg in Germany. Truncating titan variants are the most prevalent genetic cause of dilated cardiomyopathy. In their paper, Titan Cardiomyopathy Leads to Altered Mitochondrial Energetics, Increased Fibrosis and Long-Term Life-Threatening Arrhythmia, Stefan Heymans and colleagues from CARIM at Maastricht University Hospital in the Netherlands studied clinical parameters and long-term outcomes related to the truncating titan variance genotype. 303 consecutive and extensively phenotyped dilated cardiomyopathy patients underwent DNA sequencing. At follow-up to 12 years, Truncating titan variants dilated cardiomyopathy patients had increased ventricular arrhythmias compared to other dilated cardiomyopathy, but surprisingly, a similar survival. Arrhythmias were especially prominent in truncating titan variants patients with a trigger such as a virus infection, cardiac inflammation, systemic disease, or toxic exposure. Of note, all components of the mitochondrial electron transport chain were significantly upregulated. Also, interstitial fibrosis was augmented at the histological and transcript level. Thus, truncating titan variants lead to pronounced alterations in mitochondrial function, with increased interstitial fibrosis, reduced hypertrophy, and ventricular arrhythmias, but with a similar survival and overall cardiac function. These somewhat puzzling results are further discussed in a comprehensive editorial by Sanjay Prasad from the Royal Brompton Hospital in London, UK. FOXO3 is a transcription factor involved in cell metabolism, survival, and inflammatory disease. However, mechanistic insight into FOXO3 effects is still limited, although the transcription factor appears to be involved in cardiac senescence. In a basic science manuscript entitled The Forkhead Transcription Factor FOXO3 Negatively Regulates NK Cell Function and Viral Clearance in Myocarditis, Carsten Skirk and colleagues from the Charité Berlin in Germany 
investigated the role of FOXO3 on natural killer cell responses and its effects in Coxsackie virus B3, or CVB3, myocarditis. In FOXO3 knockout mice, immune cell infiltration, viral titers, and pro-inflammatory cytokines in cardiac tissue were reduced at 7 days post-infection, while interferon gamma and NKP46 expression were upregulated, suggesting early viral control by enhanced natural killer cell activity. CD69 expression of natural killer cells, frequencies of CD11B plus CD27 plus effector natural killer cells, and cytotoxicity of FOXO3 knockout mice was enhanced compared to wild types. Moreover, microRNA-155 expression, essential in natural killer cell activation, was elevated in FOXO3 knockout natural killer cells, while its inhibition led to diminished interferon gamma production. Humans carrying the longevity-associated FOXO3-SNP RS122120067 exhibited reduced interferon gamma and cytotoxic degranulation of natural killer cells. Viral cardiomyopathy patients with FOXO3-SNP RS122120067 polymorphism showed a poorer outcome due to less efficient virus control. Thus, FOXO3 appears to play an important role in the antiviral innate immunity and enhanced FOXO3 activity, such as in the polymorphism RS122120067, may be protective in chronic inflammation but disadvantageous to control acute viral infection. Human and mouse cardiac beta-3 adrenergic receptors exert antipathetic effects to those of beta-1 adrenergic receptor stimulation. In a basic science manuscript entitled Cardiac Myocyte Beta-3 Adrenergic Receptors Prevent Myocardial Fibrosis by Modulating Oxidant Stress-Dependent Paracrine Signaling, Jean-Luc Balligand and colleagues from UCL in Brussels, Belgium, examined their role in modulating myocardial remodeling and fibrosis in response to hemodynamic stress. Mice with cardiac myocyte-specific expression of beta-3 adrenergic receptors or tamoxifen-inducible homozygous deletion were submitted to transaortic construction. Cardiac beta-3 adrenergic receptors attenuated myocardial fibrosis in response to hemodynamic stress. Interstitial fibrosis and collagen content were reduced in beta-3 adrenergic receptor transgenic but augmented in beta-3 adrenergic receptor knockout mice. Beta-3 adrenergic receptors and collagen expression were inversely related in ventricular biopsies of patients with valve disease. Incubation of cardiac fibroblasts with media-conditioned by hypertrophic myocytes induced fibroblast proliferation, myodifferentiation, and collagen production, which was abrogated upon beta-3 adrenergic receptor expression in myocytes. Comparative shotgun proteomic analysis of the myocyte secretomes revealed reduced connective tissue growth factor, which was similarly reduced in stressed hearts from beta-3 adrenergic receptor transgenic 
but increased in beta-3 adrenergic receptors knockout mice. Connective tissue growth factor expression was mediated by reactive oxygen species production, which was reduced by beta-3 adrenergic receptors expression. These antioxidant and antifibrotic effects involved coupling of beta-3 adrenergic receptors to neuronal nitric oxide synthase. Thus, cardiac beta-3 adrenergic receptors protect from fibrosis in response to hemodynamic stress by modulating nitric oxide and oxidant stress-dependent paracrine signaling to fibroblasts. Specific agonism at beta-3 adrenergic receptors may offer a novel antifibrotic cardiac therapy. The editors hope that this issue of the European Hearts Journal will find the interest of its readers.